Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. A lab for human experimentation. I'm Jason Horton. I'm Rebecca Lieb. And this is Ghost Town. everybody i'm back we're back yeah. we're here um i have uh something that i want to talk about that i i don't i've never taken i okay so let let me begin again in that i have a job now not to brag i'm not a hero i'm just a woman but i have had this job i think I, we talked about it on the last podcast for about two days and then my boss came up to me who also listens to the podcast um, thank you yeah thank you grant he's not gonna listen to this but uh, he was like, you have to take this test. And it's a Harvard test called the implicit bias test. I'm sure apparently everyone knows about it, but me. Have you oh yeah. No, I know all I've always, I've heard about it for a long okay. time. Okay, <laughs> It's where your bias is implicit. Oh, and Harvard is the one who you conducted do it. You know about it. I do it. know about wow, it. Wow. Okay. I, I stand corrected. Yes. You know everything about but, it. But just you, the, did you design the test? I mean, in a way, in a like way, a cosmic way, yeah, oh, okay, sure. cool. Yeah. <laughs> but why don't you explain to everyone else who okay. they don't know? So I would go. It's really interesting, um, especially as a white heterosexual woman. Uh, you go on this website. Just if you Google implicit bias, there are about ten tests to show you if you have bias against women, weight, race, sexuality, and it's kind of scary. Like I was like sitting in my cubicle next to a bunch of other white people taking this test to see if I was a racist, you know? And or you guys, how racist were you? How racist, yeah. There's a scale of racism, too. Um, it takes about, each test is like 15 minutes or so. Um, and it's, the best part about this test is that they assign two of the keys on your keypad, good and bad. And then I took the race one, so it was like black people, white people. So, like, you're getting into it. You're getting into it. And then I did the one for uh, sexuality, too. How, when did this test originate just to be curious oh in the 90s so it's been around for a while it's been around for a while Uh but it has not been like updated for any changes in society i think it has been oh okay but it's just okay so it started then but they they've since added things to it because i think it used to be just race um but i yeah there, there are a lot of things there's also um bias specifically for like women in the workplace or like sexuality in the workplace so it gets very specific too but i wanted to take i want to do the hits you know yeah 
Um, so it's interesting. I'm like sitting in my cubicle, not working, doing this task. On your first day. Yeah, second Pretty day. Much. Second oh, day. Oh, relax, okay. relax. Oh. On my second day. Just texting. Get that one day buffer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, I can say now that I work for Nash, like Nat Geo, that okay. everything is actually part of work. Like I'm sure. trying to get to the um, California Science Center exhibition, King okay. Tut, that closes on Sunday. But I'm like, I work for Nat Geo. Can I go for free? Nobody called me back. Anyway, so you're like, black people, good. Like good words, bad words, white people, black people. And you're just like, like typing and then they switch them. And so when you get them wrong is where they get the information for your implicit bias. Do you want to hear my results? Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm very proud to say I am somewhat biased towards black people and somewhat biased towards gay people. See, you're proud to say? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I like black people and I like gay people. Oh, biased towards. Not got it. Not I against. Thought, I thought you were biased. No, that, that would be, that'd be weird. Yeah, I was like, wow. Like, I was you're like, like, you're really, wow, uh, you're a monster. Great, yeah, let's talk yeah. about eugenics. Got it. Bi- bias <laughs> to- towards, that's your mind. Okay. Exactly. I, okay. Exactly. Um, and I think that kind of feeds into what we're going to be talking about today. Um, the Fernald Center, um, which is this pretty insane place uh, that I learned about through a friend um, that feeds into a lot of this craziness. So let me get into it. Um, but you should take this test too. Well, no, I, I'm going to take it. And well, well, here's the thing. What? If I'm if I'm bi- biased against anyone, I got to admit it here. You do. You're gonna have to. If you don't, if you take it and you don't tell me the results, I'm gonna be very unhappy. <laughs> okay. No more. I, I was actually just. I just really wanted to take like a 23andMe test, <laughs> like something like that. <laughs> can I just do that? <laughs> you just want to swab like a spit swab? Yeah. Can I just do that? <laughs> you don't want to. Like, no, this guy seems pretty chill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Move on. Result. I yeah. think it's like the off off brand of 23andMe. Yeah. Ancestry. I do want to do that too. Yeah. But they're just so, gonna be like, hey, they're listen, gonna be like Jew. If 23andMe or Ancestry.com, if you guys are out there yeah. and you want to hook us up, we will definitely uh, do it and then we'll talk about it on the show. Hell yes. And if you're not those places, donate to our Patreon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, patreon.com slash ghost town pod. No, pod. see, now you're. Can you, <laughs> like, nobody's going to it anyway, but it's patreon.com slash ghost town pod. Got it. Uh, patreon.com slash ghost town pod. We got bonus episodes up the wazoo. Yeah, That's I right. said it. <laughs> Very brave. I'm an Very unhinged brave. comedian. Yeah, you're biased towards uh, sensibilities. Fun. Yeah, sensibilities. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've ever rock and roll personas. So oh, yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, if, if you or if you just want to, uh, anyone wants to send us t- two of them, do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's worth a try. Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah, you can send me a mystery package. <laughs> yeah, of a 23andMe test. But can you get the one that also has the like diseases and stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's an extra $200. I know, I know, I know. but I But we're need worth it. it. I need it. I have a history of Crohn's in my family, and yeah. I have to, I want to explore that further. Anyway, the Fernald Center. Um, so this can, place... Can I just, it's before we get, I'm not 100% sure what we're exactly talking about, but mm-hmm. would you say this episode would, uh, it, the way things are perpetrated here, that it would develop a person that's like, oh, these people have Crohn's, let's not get them together, so there's no more Crohn's. Right, this place. Yeah, where, yeah, where they kind of where it kind of goes to a thing to eliminate things like people having Crohn's. Um, no. Okay. <laughs> no, this is like a crazy like let's radiate a bunch of mentally handicapped people. Okay, kind of thing. I thought you were going with the e word. Oh, eugenics. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Is yeah, that I coming mean, to this place? It coming to this. It thing? does come into this place. Okay, so, so it's it, not like eliminate. Oh, uh, I think I misunderstood. I thought you meant eliminate like. Uh, 
like an ailment. But yeah, right. they don't give a shit about people really. Yeah. yeah. Um, especially the people that lived here. But it's interesting. The it's still like a beloved place. It's still like a really interesting place. I have a testimony in here of someone who lived there. Um, the people that lived in this place of various ranges of, um, you know, uh, mentally handicapped. Uh, yeah, it, it's a place that people didn't want to leave. So it's very interesting. It kind of reminds me, yeah, like a Munchausen's by proxy. But again, I don't know what to what extent, and I just mostly find it very fascinating. So let's get into it. So the Ferland, Fernald Center, and I will mess that up again, yeah. I promise. It's a weird arrangement of letters. Fernald. It's not a very becoming name, whatever. I don't care. That guy sucks. Uh, originally called the Experimental School for Teaching and Training Idiotic Children, uh, which is a really good and positive and like very PC name, was founded by reformer Samuel Gridley Howe in 1848 with a $2,500 land grant from the Massachusetts State Legis- Legislature. The school is located in Waltham, Massachusetts, and is 72 buildings. At some point, 2,500 people were confined there, most of them called feeble-minded boys, which, again, very reductive, not great. But there is such um, so many progressive ideas around this place, too. And you'll see it. There's pictures of it. It's really spooky-looking, uh, large compound, like many of the things that we talk about, uh, East Coast style, so like a lot of exposed brick. Um, Moss. Moss, ivy, (laughs) rocks. Yeah. Uh, It was the first public institution in America for people with developmental disabilities, a place where once neglected people were given opportunities to get an education, return to the community with skills to lead productive lives. Uh, In the late 1880s, the school moved to Waltham where patients helped construct buildings along the rural rolling landscape. So it's like, it kind of like feels like a kibbutz in a lot of way. Uh, And like people would grow things, etc. So it went well, um, and it was very productive for a while, but under its third superintendent, Walter E. Fernald, the school was viewed as a model educational facility, um, and it ballooned in size because people were like, let's just keep sending people here. It's doing so well. Um, But the mission of the school changed once they had too many people there. It was renamed in, in Walter E. Fernald's honor in 1925, following his death the previous year. The institution was involved most famously in several different procedures that used residents as test subjects, um, which included sterilization and a shit ton of radiation uh, without their consent. So um, why? Because Fernald was a huge believer and advocate of eugenics. Oh, the E word there, yeah. The E word, the dreaded E word. And it's... It's such, like, it just likens me back to, um, like, Nazis, Holocaust, like, just all this. But it happened in Boston. Which is a relative, it's progressive. Yeah, I mean, it's like even a, now it's very progressive, yeah. and you'll see, like, a little bit um, later, like, a lot of people realize this way late in the game. Um, very progressive place. And again, this place started as a really progressive place. And then it's like, this diabolical eugenics lover came in and was like, Let's radiate these kids' milk. And it, the fact that he died mm-hmm. didn't stop the party, I guess. No, I mean, it kind of slowed it down. Okay. Um, but basically, it became this place where people were kind of given permission to go wild with whatever type of experimentation they wanted. And I think the, I think the area is still kind of being punished for it, rightly so. I think there were a lot of, there's a lot of uh, money and 
um, reparations given for it, but even still like horrifying, intriguing, and still a place that people think fondly about. Um, people that were there, um, people who experienced it and, and not, I mean, it ranges like all over the place. Um, anyway, the institution, uh, served a large population of mentally disabled children. Uh, the Boston Globe estimates that upwards of half of the inmates tested with IQs in the normal range. So we're talking about a large range of people. In the 20th century, the living conditions were Spartan or worse. Uh, there were about 36 children per dormitory room. That is packed. Um, there were also uh, reports of different types of abuses, overworking, um, again, horrible conditions kind of a thing because of that overpopulation that happened. So... <laughs> The Fernald School was the site of the 1946-53 joint experiments by Harvard University and MIT, not small institutions, not unknown, that exposed young male children to doses of radioactive isotopes. And that's probably its most famous experiment. Uh, documents obtained in uh, by the U.S. Department of Energy revealed the following details about this experiment. Uh, it was conducted in part by research sponsored by the Quaker Oats Company. Everyone was involved. Big Oats is in it? <laughs> Big Oats, baby. MIT professor of nutrition Robert S. Harris led the experiment, which studied the absorption of calcium and iron. The boys, okay, and this is how they got uh, subjects. The boys were encouraged to join a science club, which offered large portions of food, parties, and trips to Boston Red Sox baseball games. Everyone's in on this one. This is a true conspiracy. <laughs> this is a, a, a huge conspiracy. The 57 club members ate iron-enriched cereals and calcium-enriched milk for breakfast. In order to track absorption, several radioactive calcium tracers were given orally or intravenously. So it's like, on the way to the Red Sox game, can we give everyone an IV? Yeah. Can we just monitor this? No, you're having fun. Everyone's having fun. And yeah. they're like, oh, we're just like, like fun. Don't like fun. The no. lessons like, don't like fun. Radiation levels in stool and blood samples would serve as dependent variables. In another study, 17 subjects received iron supplement shots containing radioisotopes of iron. So it's like, who wants radiation, kids? Do you all do? Sounds cool. Without your consent? Yeah. Great. Neither the children nor their parents ever gave adequate informed consent for participation in this study, which is so messed up. Like, ugh. can you imagine this happening today? But you got to imagine, especially back then, his parents were probably like, the guy in the white lab coat must know. He's got glasses on. Yeah, look at him. He's, Harvard? A, he's okay. a white man that I trust from a place that I have heard of. Yeah. Kind of. And there's oats involved. Who, everyone trusts Quaker oats. Big oats. <laughs> I knew I wouldn't trust big oats. I know. So in 1946, one study exposed 17 subjects to radio, radioactive iron. The second study, which involved a series of 17 related sub-experiments, exposed 57 subjects to radioactive calcium between 1950 and 1953. This also feels very like 50s dark side of things. You know, like, like mad men, like just like, no, trust us. You know, and you know those scientists were smoking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, like chain smoking. Yeah. Like it's like take a drag, put some radioactivity into a child. Yeah. Smoke again. Eat some big oats. <laughs> Eat some big oats. Um, now, the good thing is it's clear that the doses were low and it's extremely unlikely that any of the children who were used as subjects were harmed as a consequence. The study remains troubling, though, for a lot of reasons, as you might expect. First, parents or guardians were asked for their permission to have their children involved in the research. The available evidence suggests that the information provided was, like, incomplete, like, 
bullshitty kind of a thing. They didn't know what they were getting the children into. They just knew that their children were in this institution to get help, to grow as human beings, to become a proactive part of the outside world, and instead they were getting radioactive milk. Uh, second, there's a question of the fairness in selecting institutionalized students at all because their lives were heavily burdened, and like who knows like what... You know, even if they weren't getting a ton of radiation, who knows how it impacted their lives. It's been claimed that the highest dose of radiation for any subject was 330 millirem, the equivalent of less than one year's background radiation in Denver. Whoa, Denver? <laughs> yeah. You're Denver under the bus <laughs> yeah, now? Nobody is safe. Yeah, Not wow. even Denver. <sighs> exactly. Um, so should we take a break now and see what yeah. happened? Yeah. What um, happened later? All right, I'm ready. How they got, how they got all in trouble. Oh. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. All right. So, uh, yeah. We're we had back. a break and we're back. Exactly. How are you? Great. I'm still okay. You're okay? Moving on? Oh, well, I want to see everyone, <laughs> everyone who's listening. Oh, how are they doing? They can't. You don't care. Okay. G- give them 10 seconds to speak in their cars. They're probably just like yelling about something like, talk about the episode. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a big criticism. Yeah. Talk about the episode. Rebecca stops swearing, which I'm getting better at for real, I think. I think, no, I, I do. I, Thank I, you. I think you've gotten better at Thank it. you. In the yeah. past, like, two days. <laughs> the two, yeah. last two episodes? Yeah. Thank you. I'm trying. I'm a work in progress. Well, you, we know your bias is, uh, your bias is, is, you have good bias. I have good bias. Yeah. I have good bias towards people. Bad, bad potty mouth, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's my, the name of my book. Good bias, bad potty mouth. Ooh, I like Ooh, it. Ooh, it's uh, kind of coy. Yeah. Mm. Kind of thing. Well, whatever. Um, okay, so all of this stuff was happening. It's really not good, right? Nobody's really getting all of the information. MIT, Harvard, uh, experimenting on these boys that think that they're having pizza parties. And instead, they're getting light doses of radiation for long periods of time. For some free pizza? Oh. You would do it? You would do I'll it? I would do it today. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I'll go to Denver. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, damn. Uh, that is commitment. So fast forward to the 90s. These things are happening. We realize these things are happening. um, And people are getting pissed off, as you might expect. A 1995 class action action suit resulted in um, a court decision awarding the victims 1.8 million settlement from MIT and Quaker Oats. Sorry, you guys. No wonder the prices went up on big oats. (laughs) You're paying these class action suits to these poor children. The school also participated in studies of thyroid function in patients with Down syndrome and their parents, um, which also uh, was a 
bad thing that happened. Um, we don't talk too much about. So not that. only would it uh, of like what how it may or may not have affected them, but when they mm-hmm. you know have children, yeah, how does it yeah how does it affect them and their generations? Absolutely. Um, so, sorry, fast backward to the 1970s, and that's when the class action suit Ritchie versus Okin was filed to upgrade the conditions at Fernald with several other state institutions for persons with mental retardation in Massachusetts. So, again, we've got a class action suit that happens way later, but before then, people are like, hey, um, we need to upgrade these conditions, because not only is this happening, but as I mentioned earlier, it's not a great, clean, good place to live. Um, the U.S. District Court, uh, who assumed oversight of the case in 1972, disengaged from the case in 1983, declared that improvements in the care and conditions of the facilities had made them second to none anywhere in the world. Hmm. A result for Fernald stu- residents of the class action suit, which took effect in 1993, again, like a lot of time delay, was the provision of a guaranteed level of care regardless of cost to compensate for decades of neglect and abuse. So it's still open. Not, I mean, not now. We're getting to that. But it's still open 20, 30 years after all of this is happening and almost 50 years after the radiation experiments. It's like, like what is going to shut this down? <laughs> like what is going to shut this down? It um, seems like the, there's too many big players involved. You yeah, know? that's right. If we learned anything, it's big money. Uh, yeah, the Boston Red Sox are involved in some way. I know, I know. It's a real cast. It's like a Sgt. Pepper like, yeah. album, but it's like... Quaker Oats, Oats, Red Sox, Sox. Uh, Denver, Denver, scientists. <laughs> yeah. Um, the building and grounds survived into the 2000s as a center for mentally disabled adults. In 2001, 320 adults raised at Fernald with age, ages ranging from 27 to 96 years um, and an average age of 47 years. According to a December 13, 2004 article in the Boston Globe, Massachusetts Governor Mitt Romney, heard of him, announced that in 2003 the facility would be closed and the land sold by 2007. In 2003, a coalition of family advocates and state employee unions began a campaign to save it um, and asked the judge to resume uh, his oversight of Ricci versus Okin class action lawsuit that had led to improvements um, and keep improving. So... Again, there's a lot of contention in this. In August 14th, 2007, Judge Toro ordered the Department of Mental Retardation, which was overseeing the facility, to consider the individual wishes of 185 institution residents that were still there before closing. Um, But it had become, at that point, just too expensive to continue operating. Um, The cost claims had been disputed by a lot of people, um, but finally uh, it got closed down. After that, however, uh, it was listed on the National Register of Historic Places. Um, The 156-year-old facility is the oldest institution in the Western Hemisphere, which is interesting. And Fernald was the subject of a 2007 documentary film called Front Wards, Back Wards, directed by W.C. Rogers, um, which I tried to get a hold of, and he was hard to find. Doesn't have an email, probably. Yeah. Might be dead. Yeah. You tried. I tried. Got stonewalled. Exactly. Um, so when it closed, uh, Fernald remain, was, had 13 residents, just 13, living on the grounds. The oldest was 84 years old and a resident since the age of 19. It was reported to cost approximately $1 million per client per year um, to keep them there. So oh, Yeah, it's only that's, 13 people. Time, you know, <laughs> that's a lot of money, though. Yeah. Um, so I reached out to a guy who wrote a book on it called The State Boys Rebellion. His name is... Uh, Michael D'Antonio, he's a Pulitzer Prize winning author. 
He did not get back to me. He didn't get back to you? No, he didn't get back I, to I me. I was expecting, I was like, oh, that's nice to get yeah. back to well, you. Yeah, well, he emailed me. He's like, I'm really busy writing another book. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. And he was like, can you talk later in the week? And I was like, yeah. And then he never got back to me, okay. which is okay. He's busy. Yeah. I'm busy too. I'm yeah. taking tests about yeah. my bias. It's no big deal. Um, but I want to say that the a former resident whose story is featured in the book said, they didn't have to look for homes for you so they could dump you off in these human warehouses and just let you rot, said Boyce. Um, Fred Boyce, former resident, who spent 11 years at the state-run facility. We thought for a long time that we belonged there, that we were not part of the species, not supposed to be born. Pretty dark. Well, I imagine they have to do some kind of psycholino to keep you in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the state property sold to the city of Waltham in 2014 for $3.7 million, retaining some rights to profit from future releases, historic preservation as of 2018. Despite considering the use of property as a high school or police station, it remains unused. And but I'm always up for like things that are, you know, his, his historical register, historical mm-hmm. places, despite uh, the kind of like nefarious kind of you know background it might have mm-hmm. so i'm always up for keeping a building up yeah I, I am too but i think like you have to be very careful what that building becomes yeah. i think you know like spirits energies jk i mean like why you know like yeah make it into a museum for this place this has such a like a long history make it a museum for you know awareness of like corruption i don't know there's a lot of stuff that could happen to it yeah. that would bring some good and some education sure so it's you know kind of it's not all for naught i guess not all for For naught yeah yeah i agree with that i imagine they have to you know to keep certain people there you have to you know you tell somebody enough you know listen you don't belong out there Mm -hmm. where else are you gonna go and this is i mean listen in relationships in life or Mm -hmm. families and stuff like that it's just not limited to there but i imagine there's got to be some of that going on. Yeah. It's like you love Quaker Oats. Yeah. You don't, you want eggs? No. Mm-mm. You want Quaker you want oats. oats. Eat the oats. Or do you want to go back to Denver? Never. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. 
At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.